0: Hi, I'm Marilyn Dennis. This is Marilyn Dennis Does a Podcast. This episode, I'll be chatting with the author of the New York Times bestseller, Girl, Wash Your Face, motivational speaker and lifestyle blogger, Rachel Hollis. Rachel lives in Texas with her husband, Dave, and their four kids, Sawyer, Jackson, Ford, and Noah. Both Rachel and Dave have been my guests on the Marilyn Dennis Show, and they've been great. We're going to find out the fun quarantine strategies that Rachel has come up with and what tips she has for shifting our perspective and finding joy in these very trying times. Okay, let's talk with Rachel Hollis. Hi, Rachel. Hello, how are you doing? Really good. I know that you were supposed to be in Toronto sometime in end of March or something. Your husband Dave was telling me about that because you do so many yeah. things uh, both
1: together, and that got canceled because of the pandemic um no actually we we got to go we were right on the tail end um and in fact i think Ah. if it had been even a few days later we would have we would have lost the chance to be in toronto but we were there for three days we did a conference um and it was incredible it was our first international conference it was so powerful and um is a miracle from god that um everyone stayed safe uh but it was it was spectacular yes I'm so uh,
0: sorry about making that mistake because I thought, oh my gosh, that oh no. you were on the cusp. That's true. Now, let me ask you about your your family, Dave and the kids. You've got Sawyer, Jackson, Ford, and Noah. The oldest mm-hmm. is 13. The youngest is three.
1: Uh, yes. So many questions to ask you. How are you navigating home? You know what? Honestly, the first uh, probably 10 days, I just fully candid. I drank a little too much vodka, be honest. Um, It was the first time trying to work virtually. I have a staff of 60 and we have never been at home before, just like you guys. We're trying to figure out how to make it work Mm -hmm. and also doing that while having four kids at home. So um, it was stressful and kind of made me anxious. And I feel like we're, so we're now in week seven of quarantine Mm -hmm. and we've hit our stride. Uh, I think Pretty early on, I had this realization, which is that being in quarantine is a privilege. And it's a privilege that not everybody gets to have. Um, Medical workers, essential workers, truck drivers, and people at the grocery store. And there's so many people who don't have the privilege of getting to stay at home and stay safe. And so I stopped thinking about it as something I had to do and flipped it to something that I was lucky enough to get to do. And that really changed mm-hmm. the way that I looked at part of this since.
0: Mm-hmm. And I see all the good news when I do the morning show on CHUM here in Toronto, the radio station, about people saying, well, you know, they're working such long shifts like my husband is because he's an anesthesiologist. But those that can't mm-hmm. come back into the home, people are saying, well, take this trailer or take this Winnebago and park it in your driveway. And I'm starting to see so many more good stories out of this, which kind of
1: balances our negativity, wouldn't you say? Absolutely. It reminds me, um, Mr. Rogers had this story that he told about whenever bad things would happen, his mom would always tell him, look at the helpers. Look at the helpers. Don't don't focus on the negative and the hardship. That's certainly there, but look at the human spirit. Look at this example of people showing up for their neighbors in a way that they've never they never have before. And so, I think that is the beauty in this. Um, the, the amazing thing about being a human is that we can hold hard things and joy simultaneously. And this is a season for that. This is a season where you might feel anxiety, you might feel angry, you might feel fear, or you might be experiencing loss. But so too, can you fight for those moments of levity? Can you fight for joy? And I think mm-hmm. that you need to fight for those things because they give us the strength to endure the hard stuff. Have you cried yet during this seven week period? So many times I have cried so many times. And in fact, I really felt like, um, I felt like I needed to have a good cry. I don't know if you ever feel like that. Where you're like, I just need to let all of these emotions out uh, um, yeah. Easter mm-hmm. Sunday. Yeah. You've been there <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Easter Sunday was really difficult for me. Um, Easter is an important part of my faith. And in my entire 37 years, I have never not been at church on Easter Sunday. And I, I, Think I overcompensated as a mom. I was so focused on I didn't want the kids to feel like they were missing out on this incredible family tradition that we have wrapped in that holiday. And so I probably went too far. So I did like a full breakfast and a full lunch and like full dinner. And I put so much effort. And by the time it got to dinner time. Um, the kids didn't like something I've made. Uh, they didn't. I put broccoli. God forbid, I put broccoli in the mac and cheese. What and, were you thinking? Um, they, what were you? Thinking? I know. How dare I? <laughs> how dare I? Um, and they, you know, just being little boys, uh, said, you know, one of them was like, Ugh, and then the other one was like, I don't want this. And it just, I've never done this before. I got up and I left the table and I went in my bedroom and I just sobbed. And I wasn't crying about the mac and cheese. Right. I was crying about all these emotions that were in me that had been bubbling up and I just needed to let it out. Um, And I would say to those of you who are watching, if you feel like you're kind of at that point, um, go watch a sad movie, which I know sounds silly. But sometimes we won't allow ourselves to cry about the real fear that we have, but we will allow ourselves to cry about like a romance where someone dies like because that feels safe to let our emotions out. So if you feel like you need to process, go intentionally find something that will allow you to do that. Well, what is your go-to sad thing then?
0: I want to know because I had that little episode on uh, Sunday and my husband looked over at me and goes, what's wrong? I go, I don't know, but I'm going to cry right now. And I started to (laughs) cry and it wasn't a hard cry, but it was like, and I didn't feel like, listen, I raised a son by myself and I'm going to tell you, I know what it's like when someone rejects broccoli and you've worked really hard during the day, (laughs) you feel like you're being ganged up on and you're going, don't you understand? But I know it's just the culmination of many things, but what is your movie that you that you you look at like Marley and Me or something like that? (laughs) That's so
1: I love two. The Notebook is just a classic. It doesn't matter how many times I see that, I'll cry my eyeballs out. And then there's also a movie called About Time. Have you seen that? With his hey, like, it's, it's a father-son relationship. Oh my gosh, you will cry forever. Um, it is a father-son relationship. I know love story and you will just, it, it, you'll cry forever. So About Time is another one okay. I highly recommend.
0: I'm going to write that down and see that a little later on. Thank you, Rachel. Because within the You're next welcome. ten days, I'll probably need another cry. Let us talk there about all the traveling that you and Dave do. Like you and Dave do a lot with motivational things. And by the way, his book is uh, "Get uh, Get Out of Your Own Way," which I talked to him about on the show. Uh, during the during the year, how how many places do like on on total? How many times are you traveling? Are you outside of the house?
1: Oh my gosh. Um, In 2019, I did, I mean, a hundred business trips at least. And it wasn't, that was not intentional. It was this very weird thing that happened. So as a speaker, as someone who does keynotes, I'm often booked to do events a year in advance. And we had made the decision as a family to move our family to, from California to Texas and to move our business And at the time, we didn't know how successful that was going to be. And the only income that we knew for sure that we would have was me speaking. And so I said yes Ah. to everything. And I didn't realize that I had said yes to everything until I had so many speaking gigs on my calendar. So 2019 Mm -hmm. was very, very intense. Um, and I I don't take it for granted because I'm so grateful, you know, I have that reminder to myself, like, oh, remember when you were pl- you were praying for the life that you have now? So I had to remind myself how lucky I was to have work, but at the same time it was it was intense. So so we still it's not that bad, but we still definitely travel quite a bit before all this happened. So I was talking to Daphne Oz the other day and we're she was saying
0: when she looked at the week that we were talking how many places she was going. And she said, oh, my stomach's already getting upset about that. I overbooked myself. Uh, yes. and I want to talk to you about that, but I want to, I, I, the pandemic's an awful thing, but it it's just the brakes went on, didn't it? And yes. so then we have to think yes. about how we're going to think differently. So when this pandemic happened and when you put the brakes on, was there a little bit of wow, I, I I did I did I put that out in the universe, or is this really happening? How did you react to it at, at, at the initial point?
1: It's so funny that you say that because I haven't said that out loud because it sounds kind of crazy, but I truly, you know, I was I was wishing that I could have this time at home. I was wishing that I could take a moment to rest. I am I am getting the opportunity to to be with my kids, to be with my family, and also to create, you know, I'm a writer. And when you're constantly on the go, you're depleting yourself, making it difficult for you to create something new. So this really has given me something that I was wanting so desperately, um, which is just that, that opportunity to be centered and to kind of find myself again.
0: Yes, I know. I I think that we all thought, well, if I just had a weekend or just a week, that I could just get gather my thoughts and get my things together, things would be right again. And now we're seven weeks Absolutely into it. Not. You've got four kids under the age of 13. How do you explain the pandemic to them?
1: The thing is, you know, I get this question a lot and I do feel like it's really important for us to be in conversation with our children because if you have kids that have access to YouTube or anything like that, they know that something's going on. So from the very beginning... We talked about it, not with the intention to scare them, because we don't want to create fear for them, but they have to know that something is different. Obviously, their school is closed for the, throughout the year. Uh, for my fifth grader, that means a lot of loss and kind of grieving for him, because there were super fun things you get to do in fifth grade here before you go on to middle school. And so we had to, one, talk about the things that we have to grieve that we don't get to do anymore, and also talk about... What is this sickness? What might happen? Um, And we really speak about it more with the intention of, you know, every night at dinner when we say our prayers, we are praying for a vaccine. We are praying for doctors and nurses to make them strong and feel encouraged. So we really try and approach it from a place of how can we add positivity to what's happening? Because they're so little. They don't need the fear. You know, we as parents, I think it's our... Not for them, so they definitely know what's happening, but it's not from a place of um, negativity or fear.
0: You know, you made a really good point because now, and now there are more articles being written about uh, being far into this, and of course, we're dealing with a lot of sad news. But we're also going. I'm, I'm feeling like I'm safe in my house, and like you said at the start of this conversation, you're feeling grief. This is your feeling of your morning loss. And, you know, I look back at what these kids are missing, like, you know, somebody in grade 12 missing that wonderful time when you graduate from school or a prom. Now, that may not be important to a lot of people, but if you had a good experience with that, then you want somebody else to have that good experience. Um, There's so many of those benchmark lifetime things that happen
1: that, are very, it's, it's grieving a loss, isn't it? Absolutely. And I think, you know, for, if you're 17 years old and you were excited about prom, that is the biggest thing in your life right now. Mm-hmm. And so yes. I don't think it it's is. fair to be flippant about what it feels like for an 11 year old to not get to go on the fifth grade trip. Because that was a big deal for him. Or for our seven-year-old, the very first week that we went into quarantine was supposed to be our family vacation. It was the kids' spring break, and it's a big deal in our family, and we save up for it. And we were planning to go to Hawaii, and he's seven. Mm-hmm. And as much as you can try and explain to him why that's not happening, it still is a big disappointment to him. And so I think it's for kids, but it's also for us that you have to honor the feelings of grief that you have because if you don't honor them, you won't be able to process them. And something that a lot of people are doing in this season is they're feeling sad or they're feeling scared. They're feeling something negative, And then they feel shame because they think, well, how dare I feel this way when there are people who are sick, when there are people who have lost a loved one. And I just don't think that you should make your feelings smaller. You, you can feel empathy for someone else and what they're walking through, and at the same time, grieve the thing that you have given up. Um, I, I just think there's a lack of grace for mm-hmm. ourselves in this that people are like, oh, I should know how to do this. Like, no, nobody knows how to do a pandemic. Literally nobody. So we have to be more graceful about what this feels like so that we can allow ourselves to come to the other side of it, having processed these emotions while they're happening.
0: hmm Yeah, it's like that old saying, of, pull up your bootstraps and put your chin up and we'll get through this. Well, yeah, but I'm, i am I got to feel through this. I have yes. to feel through this so that when I come out on the other side... I'm more appreciative of finding joy. We're going to talk about shifting focus and finding the positive during the pandemic. You've got some great things that we can do. The first one that you said about finding joy is the daily uh, practice of gratitude. How do you do that? What do you want us to do? Do you want us to write it down? How how would you? Because I want to be able to look back on this. Yeah.
1: Yes, yeah, so um I have done a daily gratitude practice for years and years and the it's the easiest thing in the world. Grab any notebook that you have. I do think it's very important for you to write it. I don't think it's something you can type into your phone or make a video. Okay. Write it down, and I like the idea of holding it in one notebook, so it does sort of act like a diary for you that you can look back on later. Um, so every single morning, I start every single morning, I have my cup of coffee, and then I do my gratitude practice, which is very simple. I just write down five things that have happened in the last 24 hours that I can feel gratitude for. And the reason I say the last 24 hours is that often when people take on a gratitude practice, they'll sit down and every Every day they write down super big things. They'll say, I'm grateful for my health. I'm grateful for my husband. I'm grateful. And they don't even feel it. And so by forcing yourself to focus on something that happened in the last day, you will spend your day looking for gratitude. So you'll be grateful for that cup of coffee. You'll be grateful for the sunrise. You'll be grateful for the joke that your seven-year-old told you, even though it was a terrible joke, but it was And so I just spend a few minutes writing down those things, which means that I start my day from a place of abundance. I feel like I am blessed. I feel like things mean to me because I am intentionally seeking them out.
0: You just gave me three. What were the other two? (laughs) (laughs)
1: Oh, Oh, the things I was grateful for. Um, I I have a miniature schnauzer. Yeah. I have a miniature schnauzer named Jeffrey who has provided so much leaf in this time for us so he's such a good boy um and then okay I'm gonna be super honest because I do write this down because it's my journal um I made out with my husband this morning and that was super fun and so I acknowledge that in things that I am grateful for and now I'm blushing but that is really what I wrote down this morning I'm
0: happy Hey, do you realize that you helped a lot of people? Because a lot of people are not speaking to their spouse. And we'll talk about that a little later on. Yeah. But, you know, that's, that's, that's a good thing. So that's, I admit. It's I'm, a good I'm thing. Really it's a good that. thing. It's a great thing. A good make-out session. Now, the next <laughs> thing you want us to talk about, or we could talk about, which brings us joy, which you just mentioned, is make a joy list. So is that stuff yes. that will give us joy? Okay.
1: Yes. So I was reading a book um, last year and someone was talking about things that filled up their spirit, like things that brought them peace or happiness or whatever. And I honestly hadn't ever taken the time to make a list or to even be conscious of what things fill me with joy. And so I thought, you know what, I'm going to sit here right now and I'm gonna just write down a list. And so I got out my notebook and I wrote and I made and like I ran out after three things. And then I was like, no, nope, we're gonna sit here until we have twenty things that just make you feel so happy. And it's not what makes other people happy. It's just you. So on my list, I have um I. <sighs> I love sweatpants. Like I love like really baggy, luxurious, like pajamas. So that's on my joy list. I love coffee is one of my favorite things in the world. So a great slow cup of coffee with a view. I love to travel, not something I'm able to do right now, but is something that someday I'll be able to pull in again. Mm-hmm. Um, I love romance novels. I am not embarrassed to say it. I love like a historical romance <laughs> novel. <laughs> so I made this list, right, of 20 things. And most of the things on my list are items that I could very easily access inside of any day, even in quarantine. So if you take the time to make a list of things that just make you happy, especially right now, then you can actually program those into your day. You can schedule in like, man, if you know that having a slow cup of coffee in the morning really starts your day great, well then gosh, you can wake up 30 minutes early tomorrow before the kids wake up and use that time to do this thing that fills you with joy.
0: You know, one thing that fills me with joy, because I get up so damn early to do this morning show. I said to my husband, now that the weather's getting better in Toronto, I'm going to get up early, not as early at 345, but I'm going to get up early and I'm going to go get that coffee and I'm going to go sit because we just put our patio furniture out. I said, I'm going to go and sit and wait for the sun to come up. That would bring me joy. It's a little too chilly to do that now,
1: but why not? Why not? But if I don't write it down, it's not going to happen. Yes. If you're, that's the whole idea of being intentional. Intentional is this word that people love to throw around. Now it's this like cool buzzword, but really it just means that you slow down enough and you organize your thoughts enough to know how you want to move through this life. How do you want to move through this quarantine? How would you like to enjoy this day? And so often, especially for people who are working, like we're working, we are focused only on the work that needs to be done, and we will deplete our resources, right? We'll pour out everything we have to get the job done. And if you're watching and you're a mom and you're like home with little ones, you're pouring out everything mm-hmm. to get the job done and you're not taking any time to fill yourself back up and you can't pour from an empty cup. So it's so shocking to me that when we just take a moment, like you just being intentional and sitting out on the patio with a couple, even if you're wrapped in a blanket right now, it's yep. more about the fact that you did it for yourself then, that it, then it was like perfect, right? It was just that you mm-hmm. took the time yeah. and you said, man, I am worth this moment of peace. And once you start to do it in one area of your life, it keeps adding from there. And you look for other things. Okay, where else can I pull peace into my life? Because I'm worth that time.
0: Yeah. And I'll tell you, if you don't do it, your life will never change being frenetic and if you just schedule, which is your next point, schedule joy into your day every day, that, that you'll build on that. You go, wait, I do have time for that. Do you not agree with that? Oh, I do
1: have time. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. For me, um, one of my favorite things, right. I said is coffee. And before we were in quarantine, I would treat myself. I'd go to like a great local coffee house and I'd get my favorite drink. And it was just this little thing that I did for myself. And as silly as it sounds, being inside of quarantine, I felt kind of sadness over the fact that I couldn't go have that normal routine. So I, w- I had a therapy yeah. session with my therapist. Virtual therapy is a real thing. And she was saying, you know, yes. Rachel, what are those elements that you loved that you can pull into where you are? And so I have started a ritual every single day of making myself a, like a small little espresso shot every single day at two thirty, And I just have this ritual of going in and having a moment and having my coffee. And it's not as exciting as it was when I got to go to my favorite place, but it's a way uh, to pull those habits into the life that you have now. So what are the elements of the things that you love that you can pull into quarantine with you?
0: Well done. That's a really great idea. I like that a lot. Um, media intake, curate
1: it. What do you mean? Well, if you are feeling anxious, pay attention to what is causing that anxiety. So when I'm talking to my community or I'm talking to my girlfriends, something I'm hearing over and over is the, the fear will bubble up that when will this end and what, and, the, and, and there's just all of these things. And I'm like, okay, what set you off? pay attention to when you started to feel this way. And most of the time it's when people have gone on their phone and they weren't even maybe going on their phone to look at the news. Maybe they're going on their phone to look at social media for some joy, but inevitably they start to scroll and they start to be filled with things that are affecting their mood. So be very conscious of the media that you consume. I am Mm -hmm. so about being informed but you want to make sure that you're informed from sources that are not purposely trying to make you feel more anxious. So control your media consumption and don't look at it. If you're already feeling out of sorts.
0: Yeah. What do I need to know today? Maybe 20 minutes of stuff and then you move on. I got a very unsettling text from a girlfriend of mine yesterday about something that she had seen on uh, on some TV station or something like that. And I looked at it and I thought, I have to give her a call because it's not, this is not normal for her to react like this. And I could hear the um, anxiety. Um, and we had part one of the conversation yesterday and part two is going to come today. And just by connecting with somebody, it makes someone feel a lot better just to say, what did Absolutely. you read? How do you feel about this? And it's, it's tough to find uh, courage during this time. How
1: would you... What would you say to people to find courage during this time? So I think one of the most powerful things that you can do to feel courageous is to have a why that's greater than yourself. So oftentimes we will struggle to be brave for ourselves. But if we can be brave for others, so especially if you're a parent and you're watching this, or maybe you're a leader at your company and you have people who are counting on you, can you find the courage for them? Um, There's a great old quote that says, um, courage is not the absence of fear. Courage is being afraid and showing up anyway. And so there is something in you, there is a why that is great enough that will allow you to take the next step and to take the next step and to take the next so focus in on one little thing that you can do today to show up the way that you want to show up because, you know, there. Uh, one of the things that has been really interesting for me to see is when quarantine first happened, kind of the joke was like, oh, I'm going to watch Netflix and, you know, hang mm-hmm. out until this is over. And I'm like, man, if you can do that, enjoy your life, live your best life. (laughs) But there are so many people and I'm sure people watching this right now. I I have children. I have a team. You have a team. Like you have family. There are people who are counting on us to be strong and to keep living and to keep showing up the best that we know how. We don't have the luxury of not being brave right now. And so if you're able to kind of check out, man, enjoy yourself But for the rest of us who have to keep fighting to be strong, it doesn't look like you having all the answers. It just looks like you taking one single step in the direction of a better version of you. How do I show up for these babies today? How do I show up for my partner today? How can I be strong for my team? How can I love on others? Start there because having a why for others will propel you way further than you just trying to be strong for yourself.
0: What a good message. And you've got a RISE conference that's going to go online. Both you and your husband are going to do
1: it? Um, not just us, actually. We called a bunch of our friends, uh, John Maxwell and Ed Mylett and Eric Thomas and Jen Hatmaker, a bunch of incredibly talented speakers. Great! And we decided to do a virtual conference. And in fact, it's on the topic of courage. We felt like it was something people really needed, and it's happening this Saturday. It's eight hours of programming and teaching all around this idea. So
0: we're really May excited 2nd, for that. May second.
1: May second. This Saturday. Yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah, where can they uh, the register?
1: Hollis, the Hollis code.com, the Hollis Co. com. Now, before you go, uh,
0: how is it going with you and your husband? I, I, I think you had a successful morning, but it's, it's sometimes it's a little rough with four little kids. So yeah, how can we be a better partner to our partner? Cause I think people need to hear from you, Rachel Hollis on how to do that properly and the right way so and feel I, fulfilled. Yes.
1: Yeah, so I think that when we encounter problems in a relationship, we te- it does one of two things. Either that problem puts you and your partner against each other, or you join forces and you take on the problem together. And I feel like quarantine and what's going on in the world is this incredible opportunity to band together. And, and, and the, the reality is there are relationships that will be broken by this time. It just is mm-hmm. because people will not look for the best in their partner. They will use it as an opportunity for things to spiral out of control. But I think it honestly, Dave and I are best friends. We've been together, gosh, almost 18 years now. And it is mm. truly um I don't know if we've ever been closer and I don't think we've ever been closer because we are linking arms. It's us against this thing. We have to be strong leaders for our team and for our children and there is no choice. And so like I have truly fallen in love with him in whole new ways because I've seen how amazing he has shown up for our family in this season and how hard he is working to be strong. And, um, I guess that would be my advice to to those who are watching. Um, years ago, when I first got married, I was talking to a, a mentor about. I was arguing with Dave, and the mentor said, "Do you want to be right, or do you want to be happy?" Because my ego was driving me to be right, but I'm justified, and I'm this, and I'm that. She was like, "Do you want to be right, or do you want to be happy?" And that's something I would say to you in this season. Look for the positive in your partner. You know that gratitude practice I talked about? If you feel Mm -hmm. like you're struggling in Mm -hmm. your relationship, dedicate that gratitude practice for the next 10 days and only write down things that you're grateful for in your partner. What did they do this morning? What did she say? What did he give you? They brought you a cup of coffee, man. They were so good with the kids. They took the trash out. Look for anything. Because in the same way that you can find blessings if you look for them, you can fall in love with your partner all over again if you would give them the benefit of the doubt and look for the goodness there instead of everything that they're doing wrong. Oh, you're so inspirational! I love talking to you. I, <laughs> I love, love talking I love to the you. The fact that I
0: don't have to wait—I don't have to wait for you to come to Toronto. I can see you in good old near Austin, Texas.
1: Happy yeah. Mother's Day! Do you know what Mother's Day is going to look like you. for you this year? Uh, probably will be, you know, here at the house. Um, (laughs) it's probably going to look like a lot like the other days. Um, I think for me so much, um, any kind of celebration for me always revolves around cooking and food. So I'll probably plan out a fun menu and then make some of my favorites with the kids.
0: And let them give you all the beautiful artwork or whatever they want to make. It's all delicious. Yes. You know, that's delicious, honey. Thank you so much. Rachel Hollis, thank you so much. Happy Mother's Day. Thank you for joining us. And to you. We'll be in touch soon. All right? Yes. Thank you so much, Marilyn. Have a great day. You too. Thank you.
1: Marilyn Dennis does a podcast. New episodes
0: every week. You can download or subscribe on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.